This episode of Anxiety Slayer is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer Academy, supportive courses to help you overcome stress and anxiety. And to celebrate our 10th anniversary, all of our courses are 50% off through the end of October. All you need to do is use the coupon code HALFPRICESALE and you can get any one of our courses for half off. Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my longtime friend and co-host Ananga Sivier. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. We've been sharing a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety for over 10 years. And as a part of our 10th anniversary celebration, we're going to be sharing some success stories with you today. Hello, Ananga. Hey, Shen. I'm feeling super high energy today because of all of the success stories that we've received over the years. And it's so nice to know that our listeners and and folks in our community are having success and doing what they need to do to feel better and that we've been a part of that in some way and that they're willing to share it. Fills my heart and makes me very, very happy. Yeah, I'm always really happy to see success stories come into our group because I think, firstly, it's great to see people getting on top of anxiety. It's really nice to hear the way that they're doing it because it's not always the same for everyone. But for me, what really comes through is that it's so encouraging to others because anxiety often tells us we're stuck. We did an episode a few years ago on the four lies anxiety tells us, and one of them is that nothing will work or that nobody really quite understands how anxiety is for us. But these are anxiety's tricks, anxiety's lies. You know, we share what's helped us and we share everything we can think of in the podcast to help our community. But when you hear community members sharing, for me, that's extra special because you can see the tweaks and adjustments they're making in their life and and how that's helping them. And yeah, it's wonderful to read. I especially enjoy the tapping comments because I can remember feeling like, I don't know about this tapping thing. And I know a lot of our listeners felt the same way, like, okay, really, I'm going to do this tapping thing, and how is that going to work? And then you start to practice it, and you learn how to use it, and you realize, wow, it really does help me feel better, and that's what we're hearing from so many who listen in. Let's share some of the success stories that we've received. Would you like to start with the first one? Sure, yeah, we had a message from Mary about tapping, and she said, I love the tapping, the podcast, and I've taken one of the courses you offer. And I just want to say thank you so much. You've saved me many times from a full-on panic attack. Plus, I can now talk myself off the ledge. That's what it's all about, knowing how to talk ourselves down, knowing what to do when anxiety strikes. And I I remember when I first learned tapping, I used to think it looked so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I had this conflict initially where I was going out and teaching tapping in public health shows. And sometimes I'd be stood up on a stage with 60 people thinking that I look like a total idiot, (laughs) you know, telling people tap here, say this, tap here. Right. But it worked. And I'd seen it work for such high level anxiety, such painful self-esteem issues of real turning on yourself with self-hatred. That was one of the first real convincing breakthroughs I experienced with working with somebody with tapping. One of my first breakthroughs was with you after a car accident that I had with my daughter in the car. This young person uh, was going to hit us head on, thankfully didn't. I got out of the the way and, and we were still hit, but 
we were fine. I had broken ribs. She was fine. And I didn't realize that I had been carrying that. And I just remember you walking me through that years and years ago and helping me release that emotional tie that I had, the, the fear that I had, what if something had happened to her? And to uncover that and really release that attachment to that memory and that fear, it changed everything for me as far as tapping is concerned. It became, okay, yeah, this is real. This works. Yeah, and I think that's really important that we need those convincing experiences. And when I first learned tapping, I also had some real breakthroughs with it. And the way you can be creative with it, the flexibility of it, you just reminded me of um, a situation where I was bringing my daughter home from school one day. She was about four. And we parked up in the driveway of our home, which was on a steep slope. And she, for some reason, she decided to climb over and jump out of my side of the car. And as she climbed over, her foot caught the handbrake and clicked it off, clicked the button on the end of the handbrake, and the car started to roll backwards. Oh, my goodness. The door was open, so the danger was that we'd get trapped as the car was rolling back. So I whipped her out of the car and said, stay there. And in doing that, I was caught between the car door, which had swung shut a little bit. And I couldn't jump into the car and pull the brake on, so I had to run backwards with the car into the road. Oh, my gosh, Ananga, that's crazy. It's a country lane, but people come down there occasionally very fast. And my thought was, is she going to see me get killed if I get pushed back into the road? Oh, my goodness. And a car comes. And those things are traumatic, obviously, and they go in. They go into our tissues, they go into our mind, and they bring this anxious hypervigilance. And with five, 10 minutes EFT with an experienced practitioner or learning it thoroughly for yourself, you can put that to rest. Because in those few seconds, you know those what ifs. Right. What if she sees me get hurt? What if she sees me get killed? As it was, it was fine. The car just bounced off a hedge and I was unhurt. Mm -hmm. It worked out okay, but it's the scenarios that go through our mind that stick. That's what we need to clear. That's what we need to clear. And then you can have a phobia, some hypervigilance. So I just really wanted to share today about the power of giving tapping a try. Give it a try. And if you need help, we're here. Ask us your questions. Sure. Or go through one of the courses where we teach it more in depth, like EFT tapping for anxiety relief. I've seen hundreds of people helped with tapping. It looks daft. The science behind it is very cool. And if you look at Qigong, there's a lot of tapping on the body, tapping on these points on the body for release. Right. And it has its reasons why it works. And bringing in the language with it is very clever. And we heard from a couple more people. KC says, the tapping works. (laughs) I've stopped two anxiety attacks and I feel so much more confident about going out now that I know what to do. And Dawn says, the guiding calming sessions and SOS tapping are helping me feel calmer. I love knowing what to do if I feel an anxiety attack coming on. It's just fantastic. Yeah, and in all three of those messages, you have the same thing. I love knowing what to do. I feel more confident now I know what to do, and I can now talk myself off the ledge. So it's so empowering. And anxiety is never the same again. Now you know what to do. Because very often when we fear social situations with anxiety, we fear having an anxiety attack away from home. One of the big fears and thoughts and the internal dialogue we have about it is, what will I do if? What will I do if I have a panic attack here? What will I do if I have a panic attack there? And 
the answer is you tap. You know what to do. And once you feel it working, that's half the battle won because you can come right back at that with I know what to do. So in all three of those success stories, that's what's really coming through for people that are trying tapping. I love knowing what to do if I feel an attack coming on. How empowering to be able to stop an anxiety attack in its tracks anywhere. No doubt. And you can try EFT tapping with us in three of our courses. We have EFT tapping for anxiety relief. We have our first responder courses for anxiety attacks and health anxiety, which both include in-depth guided tapping sessions. And you can get those at anxietyslayer.com or anxietyslayer.teachable.com. And any one of the courses are half off right now for our 10th anniversary sale. So all you need to do is use the coupon code half price sale and you can get any one of those courses for 50% off. Or several, which is one question we got asked. Can I use the code on more than one course? Absolutely. And uh, it's quite interesting to see in my inbox, many members of the Anxiety Slayer Academy and many podcast listeners are picking out several courses. Well, that's fantastic. We had another wonderful woman. Her name is May, write to us. And she said, I experienced my first panic attack in May of 2017. It was an unknown feeling, and I couldn't get out of my head to even begin to understand what was happening to me. I was at the stage of multiple panic attacks a day with the fear of I'm going to faint or I'm going to die. In my quest for podcasts to begin to understand what anxiety and panic attacks were and how I could learn to manage my situation, I came across Anxiety Slayer. Your voices became a source of relaxation. Your podcast became a source of information guidance, and strength. Since finding you, I've also discovered yoga and meditation, which have helped me tremendously. Your podcast resonates so much with me and what I'm experiencing. It's as if someone is right there ensuring me not to be afraid, that it will be all right, and that we've been there and we understand. After endless medical exams and two visits to the emergency room, I feel that I have a hold of it now. Although not every day is crystal clear, I feel that I'm headed in the right direction, but I want you to know that you were my first step into this journey, and I'm thankful for you. Oh, what an honor to support May on her journey, and I'm so impressed by her proactivity in returning to get the medical checks, which is so scary for those suffering with anxiety and getting into yoga and meditation and feeding back on how they help. It's really a wonderful message to receive. You and I, Shan, we have a, a few tools in our toolkit. I like the scattergun approach. I like to have anxiety covered from several angles. So for me, it's meditation. It's starting my day peacefully. It's aspiration. It's reading and keeping my mind focused on the things that bring me joy in life and help me go deeper in life. Starting my mornings like that is very important for me in my, in my self-care and, and well-being. And then the tools like tapping, breathing magnesium baths, walking, walking in nature, mindfulness, so many things. So it really is looking at what resonates for us, for you as individuals. Ayurveda teaches that we're all very individual. We share a lot in common, but we're individuals. So finding what works for our mind and body type, what resonates with us, and that can be experimental and playful. And if one thing works, it doesn't mean that nothing works. Try something else. Keep trying. Don't let anxiety tell you 
nothing works because it's simply not true. Well said. Kyle says, I'm new to your podcast. I've suffered from anxiety attacks for about 10 years. They're infrequent, but very potent and disruptive. The way you articulate anxiety symptoms is relatable. It resonates with me, and your advice is super helpful. You have inspired me to take real steps to alleviate my anxiety and hopefully prevent it. Thank you for your compassion. Your podcast is excellent. I know. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Understanding anxiety is really key, isn't it? In recovery, it can be so potent and so disruptive, as Carl described. It can be incredibly physical to the point that it's hard for us to believe that it could be anxiety or that anxiety can cause such disruption and havoc in our bodies. So I think really understanding anxiety is is the first step, that it, it can do these things that rip through our bodies like a storm, like a lightning storm. It can cause such incredibly powerful physical sensations. And just again, to find the inspiration to face it. Don't let anxiety bully you to face it, get information, to get understanding about how it works, and then to start finding ways to step forward. There's a quote I really love by John C. Maxwell that says, you will never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. And Ayurveda says the same. It's daily rituals, daily practices for healing and self-care that we can bring in really changes everything. It does, without question. I, I think about some of the changes that I've made in my life and continue to make. And they're not huge, Ananga. It's you know replacing coffee with tea or realizing when I start to feel a little jangly that it might be a good idea to have some natural calm that magnesium drink that both you and I love so much, or, wow, I've been staring at this computer now for three hours. I need to get outside. I need to get some fresh air. I need to you know, spread my wings a little bit. These are all individual things that take a couple of minutes. Not a big uh, undertaking, but they make such a, a big difference. Being mindful of what you're eating, mindful of when you're going to bed mindful of what you're taking into your mind. We had a powerful post just come in recently about alcohol consumption that I thought we absolutely need to share because it's something that I know I didn't know for years. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and share that Mm. from Laura. Laura says, I want to share something with you that's been incredibly helpful for my anxiety. For as long as I can remember, at least probably the last 20 years, I've been a daily wine drinker, at least a glass or two most nights, and usually more on the weekends. Now I know it's been mentioned frequently on the podcast that reducing alcohol can help, and I had definitely cut back over the last few months and noticed a small difference. However, I decided trying going alcohol-free for a month and signed up with One Year No Beer in the UK. I'm now at day 80 with zero alcohol, and I cannot begin to explain the difference it has made. She says, like, wow, (laughs) my anxiety has all but completely gone. Obviously, stressful situations do come up, but mentally, I feel way more able to deal with them now rather than numbing them with alcohol. Now, I know this won't be useful for everyone, 
but for those like me who were drinking frequently and often using alcohol to numb out the anxiety, I would certainly recommend trying a month off and noticing how you feel. Mm. Powerful. So powerful. Yeah. I remember breaking up with alcohol many years ago, and uh, it served me very well. One of the best decisions I've made in my life. So again, as we were discussing, Shan, it's noticing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Just being open and noticing what affects us and being willing to do the experiment and make the changes. And very often with anxiety, we develop a a kind of self-aversion. We just don't want to deal with ourselves. We don't want to go anywhere near the place that's feeling that degree of distress, shaking and jangled nerves. But anxiety is in us, so we have to lean in. We have to take that courageous step to lean in and take a look at what we might be able to change. And that's really where the healing happens. And small steps is definitely the way to go to try and make big change. It puts us under more stress and more pressure, and it's not recommended. Just those little daily steps, little things that we can do. Replacing one cup of coffee a day if you drink several a day. Or as, as you did, Shan, making a cutoff, no coffee after a certain time quite early in the day. Because as we've discussed in previous episodes, caffeine is accumulative in the body and it takes a long time to get out of our system. So getting informed about that, finding if there might be caffeine in pain medications that you're taking or energy drinks or other sources where caffeine might be. Have a look at what you're consuming and see where you can make adjustments. And it doesn't have to be a stressful thing of, as from this day, I shall drink no coffee or I shall stop alcohol dead. We can phase things out and make those adjustments over time. And then they settle into us. We can process them more. And then we can see what's affecting our anxiety. Yeah, having the presence, the mindfulness, so many of the things that we do are by habit, not by choice. Mm -hmm. And so when we start to pay attention, oh, you know what? I don't really need that second cup of coffee. I think I'll have a glass of water instead. It's mind-blowing how simple it is. It's just to get, get into that moment of, no, no, that's just a habit to grab that. It's just a habit for me to do that. I'm going to try this instead. Or with alcohol, knowing that, okay, this really made a big difference. So I'm going to keep it up. I'm going to continue. Maybe that doesn't mean that I'm not going to have alcohol for the rest of my life, but it means it's not going to play such a big role in it anymore. You know, the other part with alcohol is as we age, our bodies change. The, the way that we handle alcohol is different. Um, if you're a regular drinker, you might not all of a sudden not be able to drink the way that you once could. You, you might have a different tolerance that comes out of what seems like nowhere. Just to be really mindful and pay attention to your body. What does your body want? What does your body need? Mm. And to start making those adjustments. I think that finally what we want to talk about today before we head off is uh, calming anxiety and how it starts with understanding the tricks of our mind. We talk about habits, we talk about mindfulness, compassion, all of these different choices and things that we can make. But there's still the tricks that we need to be able to address so we can get over that or through that next threshold. Something I learned from my favorite wisdom text, the Bhagavad Gita, informs us that the mind will resist taking action all day long. And then when you go to take rest at night, that very same mind will start berating you. You did nothing today. (laughs) So true. Yeah, something we can all relate to. So it's telling us, you know, don't do this, just do that. And don't do this, this won't work. 
And then we should all over ourselves on the other side. You should have done this. You should have done that. This is the very same thinking equipment that stalled us from doing it in the first place. So the same mind that talks us out of taking action will then tell us we're weak-willed or whatever else it is that our inner critic likes to tell us. So that's what we're up against when we're trying to tackle anxiety. And that's why we wanted to share some success stories with you today, because when we hear about how others are breaking through resistance and taking steps towards slaying their anxiety, it empowers others to do the same, which was really the theme of today's show. But also to just take on board the wisdom teaching of Ayurveda, which is that we're not our minds. I was so relieved when I learned that I'm not my mind. Yeah, It's so liberating. And above the mind sits our intelligence. And beyond that, is the soul. Our intelligence, we can train to be like a compassionate parent. And I worked with, and I'm still doing it, and I'll be doing it for the rest of my life, working with my intelligence to inform my mind. But sometimes my mind will start, oh, this is, you know, you've got this problem, or this is going to do this. And I can look at it, knowing that I don't have to identify with the rattling thoughts of my mind and just say, really? We're doing this today? I'm not doing this today. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to write all this down, get it out of my head. Then we're going to do some tapping, or we're going to drink some chamomile tea, or I'm going to make myself some bark flowers, or very often it's as simple as I'm going for a walk. And you're coming with me, and you can pipe <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah. There's a Swami, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Swami, that teaches that every morning you should get up and beat your mind a hundred times with a shoe. <laughs> That's awesome. And again, before you take rest at night, beat it again. There's another example of a teacher that says it's like shaping your mind on an anvil. You have to really knock it into submission. But the recommendation is to do it with compassion, to do it with love, but not mm -hmm. to take our thoughts seriously. Our mind is not in control. It tries to be. It can be our best friend or our worst enemy. And unfortunately, it goes so easily to the enemy side, but we can train it and we can work with it. And just understanding you're not your mind. You're not all those awful thoughts that swim around in it. And there are ways to tame it and bring it under your control. And the first place to start is to really soak that teaching in that you're not your mind. So it becomes a fact to you, not just a fleeting. Oh, that's interesting. Make it real. Make it a fact. And then to strengthen your intelligence in directing your mind. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what I know to do to calm you down and to help me feel better. And it's doable. It takes work, like all good things, but it's completely doable. And that's what's changed my life. It's changed my life as well. Before we became partners for Anxiety Slayer, I was working with my inner critic because I had what I'd like to describe an entire board of directors. It wasn't just one voice. It was a whole boardroom full of them. Yeah, And I had to identify each one. And I did. I worked through this process of identifying the voices and who they were and, and how I could work with that and communicate with them and let them know that, hey, I realize you're looking out for me or that you think this might be going on or that you think that um, that, that might be helpful information or keep me safe or what have you, but, but no thanks. And I remember just journaling and journaling through each one that came up, through each critic that came up. Uh, reading a book called Taming, Taming Your Gremlin, I think is what it was called, and several other books as well. And then in just our conversation recently with Stephen, 
Hayes, we were talking about uh, the, the inner critic and how learning to manage that part of our mind and get to the higher self and really start being sweet with yourself. Mm. You and I know this to be true. We've been practicing it. We know that it does work and that it just takes practice like anything else. Yeah, a lot of practice, a lot of education, support, inspiration, things to try. Yes. But how bad does it have to get before we take action? Yes, please take action. If you're suffering, don't let that little voice stop you and then get on your case later. Go to bed tonight knowing that you did something and give yourself credit for what you do and try. And you know what? If you're taking action, you made a start. And that's something to be really proud of yourself for. Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. We're so grateful that you choose to listen in. And please do remember that we have everything in the Academy for the next few days at half price. So head on over to the website at anxietyslayer.com or anxietyslayer.teachable.com and check out our courses. Maybe something's the right fit just for you.